Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast with adult ingredients just for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. Thanks for joining us on the Podfix Network. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. So tonight's episode is a holiday episode because seriously, 2020 can't get the fuck out of here fast enough. Am I right? Oh, yes. I guess. Yeah. And with the holidays approaching, we decided to try out some holiday drinks. Indeed, we did. And I do have to say, I have my own personal hashtag that I hashtag even just in like normal conversations. And it's hashtag 2020. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Fair. But... Back to the drinks. Um, Basically, we decided that because there are so many holiday drinks and so little time, because we don't have much time, it's 12 days until Christmas, um, we each tried something different. So, besides having an infected whitehead, um, please refer to the previous episode and our social media sites for the absolutely disgusting video that very nearly made me barf. Tell me what you're drinking tonight, dear Gina. Okay, well, first of all, in fact, the whitehead was actually really, the more I mull it over, at first I'm like, that's not bad. I wouldn't kick it out of bed. But now I'm like, it's actually kind of awesome. I really enjoyed it. So uh, (laughs) it's okay. We can move on from there. Oh, God. Just the texture part of it, like beyond the flavor, just the texture is so absolutely abhorrent to me. I can't even. I, the only thing I hate the texture of is liver. Everything else, I'm down with the texture. That's why I'm drinking a drink that has raisins and almonds in it. I have no problem with that. So there we go. So what is it that you're drinking? Well, I'm going to Americanize the pronunciation a lot. Right Because it's easier and I don't have to think about it. I'm having glog. Yum. Mm. What is glog? Exactly. Well, glug, or more appropriately, I'll probably still fuck this up a bit, glurg. 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 Because of the, uh, you know, the... Um, Umlaut. Yeah. Or the um, double dot diatric. Anyway. That's, a, that's an umlaut. Diacritic. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm given the other name, the double dot diacritic. Cause the it's American a lot of- name of it? Alliteration. Yes, the American name of it. I'm Americanizing all over this shit tonight. Anyway, glog. Let's just go with that. Pedantic. <laughs> yes, I'm bitter and pedantic. We established that several episodes truth, that's ago. That's truth. Right. So, so glog, though. Okay, first thing I want to say is when I tried to look up more particulars about glog, I, I, I accidentally left off the third G originally. And um, the top... Uh, two Google results. One was Gas Log Limited, which its symbol on the New York, New York Stock Exchange is GLOG. So that was entertaining. And you're like, why can't I find anything about this? I know. I'm like, what the hell? Why am I getting that and a bunch of shit about macros that simplify common logging tasks in the Google Logging Library? Not at all. I know. Then I'm like, oh, two cheers. Let me look at the bottle of Grandpa Lunkus I bought. So, yeah, two Gs. What is glog? Looks like glog, pronounced glurg. Um, like I said, Swedish and Icelandish. 
It's got the umlaut over the O in Norwegian and Danish. It's got that O with the hash through it, which I did not look up what that's called, but I'm sure it's got a very cromulent name. Um, <laughs> Probably does. Thank you. That won't be my only Simpsons reference of the night, by the way. Anyway, Swedish has the umlaut, which is the only one I really care about anyway, since I'm a quarter Swedish, so I'm going with that. Um, I do <laughs> want to say with my research, I did hit up Wikipedia, which I know has its own issues, um, but a, a WordPress article by someone named Amanda Holst called The History of Glog, Custom-Making Your Own Tradition. <laughs> okay, you know me. Roll with it. You're you're muted, and I kind of like that. Ah. I muted myself because I was typing something. But you know what? I'm sure Amanda meant well. But anytime you you call something like custom making your own tradition, that's basically like do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> this huh. is how I do it. Which, as we'll find out at the end of my tale, I ultimately did. But um, she had some good history uh, about it because okay. <laughs> it's basically. A hot wine, um, that's the ultra short version, a hot mulled wine, essentially. Um, and it's been popular in Nordic countries since like the 16th century, which I think is very cool. Um, the original form was a spiced hot wine that they, at the time they called Hippocras. Um, it was which sold by hypocrites. I uh, know. What's funny, it, it comes from Hippocrates. So, because at that point, it was sold as, this will help your achy muscles feel better. So, anyway. Well, kinda, yeah, if you get trashed enough, you just pass out and nobody hurts. Damn until the straight. Next day. Until the next day. Um, but, uh, no, but they, they called it that. It was sold by merchants. It was often drank by messengers and postmen who traveled on horseback or skis. In cold weather, so no wonder their muscles were fucking sore. Um, it didn't start get the name. The name Glog eventually started to evolve because King Gustav renamed the German version of it Glogud Vin in the 1600s, and then it eventually got shortened to Glog. And um, let's see, but it's basically back then. It, be, it eventually became a more common wintry drink because it's hot wine and you're skiing a lot. But you mix it with warm juice and syrup and a splash of harder spirits or Swedish punch. Which, okay, I was really, 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 really trying to get a real air of authenticity to this today. And I tried to find Swedish punch. Uh-huh. P-U-N-S-C-H. I couldn't do it. Because um, for one thing, apparently there's only one importer that brings it into the country. So I thought, okay, well, how do I make my own punch? And that's a link liqueur that's made by mixing, mixing arak, brandy, or rum with arat, sugar, and water. But arak, A-R-R-A-C-K, is also nearly impossible to find in this fucking country. And there was no way I was going to get it in time. So I said, fuck it. And I threw some cognac into it. But I'll get that in a minute. Um, another fun fact. Since we are shortly past the, I got a math 
Shit, let me get a calculator because I'm incapable of mathing at the moment. This is a lot of information. I know. It's a little bit over-researched. Hi, you've met me, right? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 minus 19. All right. So 87 years ago on December 5th, prohibition was repealed. Oh, so. yeah, that's true. Fun fact. I told you that, actually, because I knew huh. yesterday was the 87th anniversary of that. In fact, I texted you that. You did, because you're very smart. And but that's I actually why texted funny. you that it was the 87th anniversary. So you didn't have to math it. You could have just looked at the text that I sent you yesterday. We text a lot, so I had to do a fuck ton of scrolling. So anyway. Scrolling. So here's your fun fact. Consumption of Glog almost stopped completely because of prohibition. Well, um, you know, alcohol. So. Well, but when prohibition was lifted in the 30s, or more specifically, December 5th, 1933, um, Glog started getting advertised in some Fenno Swedish magazines. And by the 50s and 60s, drinking Glog at Christmas was a Fenno Swedish tradition. So, cool. There we go. But you can find some really cool Swedish Glog. Again, I went for Swedish because that's uh, but you can find some really cool Swedish glog recipes out there. I won't go into specifics, but you know, they involve different types of wine, cardamom seeds, cinnamon sticks, oranges, water, blanched almonds, burgundy, brandy, all kinds of awesome shit. What I did was I brought I bought um, Grandpa Lundqvist uh, glog from Global Market in Kirkwood because I'm a lazy fuck. And then I spent part of the afternoon taste testing different alcohols to mix with it the best because there are, you know, a lot of places will say it's acceptable to use aquavit or absolute vodka in it since both are Swedish. I'm like, well, that's real cute. Um, and I get that. But other things said use Danish schnapps, use whiskey, use cognac, use dark rum, use uh, whatever. So I decided I'm lazy and I test tasted Hamilton 151 Overproof and Kraken and SOP and um, you're just listing things now. I am. I settled on the Camus via SOP because, to quote Simpsons, and the Simpsons, the critic crossover episode with Jay Sherman, Camus can do, but Sartre is smartra. I figure Camus can do. Okay. And there we go. So that's what I'm having. And I also, you know, cognac is kind of wineish as a whole, which kind of goes in with the whole mulled wine thing. So that's what I did. Although I will say the room, the, the room, the rum was also very, very nice. And I did highly consider it, but I want the cognac. And obviously I'm enjoying it a little too much right now. So for those of you who tuned out during that, <laughs> she's drinking mulled wine. Thank you. Yes, I'm drinking mulled wine. Thank you. <laughs> That's I, my dissertation. <laughs> today, I'm drinking eggnog. But as we started to discuss this, we were trying to decide what the proper alcohol is for eggnog. And I did I did my research because I'm no slouch. Ah. Um, some people like rum. Some people like bourbon. Some people like brandy or cognac. Um so I decided to try a little bit of each, except for I didn't have any brandy. So what I did is I made some with rum, some with bourbon, and some with cognac, just to test them all out and see what I thought. 
So I have three glasses in front of me of a little bit of eggnog. And I just went with the jar kind from the grocery store because <laughs> I, I didn't have time. <laughs> so I just pour a little booze, pour a little eggnog. Here we go. So I'm starting with the cognac one um, because it's on my right. And uh, of course, you got the little traditional sprinkling of nutmeg on the top and it tastes pretty good. Uh, I don't love cognac either. It's not my favorite. But I would like to note that um, according to food historian and Babson College professor, author of Hog and Hominy, Soul Food from Africa to America, Frederick Opie, Ooh. one of the reasons that this is called eggnog is because colonists originally were drinking this. They referred to rum as grog. <gasps> and bartenders served rum in small wooden mugs called noggins. Thus, the drink eventually became Egg and grog, and over time, eggnog. I feel like eggnog and grog are kind of kindred spirits. Yeah, they're like sister drinks. They are. That's very cool. So, how do you like it with the? With you tried the cognac one first. How'd you try? How'd you like it? Um, it's pretty good. I'm gonna try the rum one now, Mm. just to see for for difference. Um, and I used a spiced rum because that's what it says you're supposed to use. So oh. I don't like that one very much. Really? It tastes good. It tastes flatter. Huh. Interesting. Um, and the cognac that I used is Quavassier. Uh, the rum that I used is a Captain Morgan Silver Spiced Rum. And now I will try the bourbon. I saved it for last because I know I'm going to like it the best. Oh, because bourbon. And the bl- the bourbon that I used is Blanton's. Mm-hmm. Well, that automatically gives it a leg up. Oh, yes. That's very lovely. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me feel happy, but... Oh, yeah. I got to try that one again. See? <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. Mm-hmm. I bet if you'd use something like the Camus VSOP cognac, maybe it would have rated higher. Well, this is a VSOP. Ah, Vescovacier, the Tim yeah. Meadows endorsed one. Yes, from Saturday. It, that, <laughs> I actually thought about that. Like, I got me some Cavassier. <laughs> Wasn't he like called the gentleman or something like that? Oh, Very I can't remember. Man or something. I don't know. So, anyway, oh. she's drinking spiced mulled wine and I'm drinking eggnog. Yeah, yes. I know. Because it's the holidays, and that's the shit people do at the holidays. Now, I put nutmeg on top. Some people put cinnamon. Um, you can have it with or without eggnog, or with, with or without booze, but, like, what's the point? Uh, oh, the ladies' man, by the way. Oh, the ladies' man. Yes, that's it. The um, ladies man. So, I think it is very interesting how different everything tasted based on the different alcohols. Yes. Because I'll... Um, like I, I tried mine with Basil Hayden because I thought the spicierness. Sure. Was it a rye or a regular bourbon? It was a regular bourbon, but to me, it's not as, um, it's a little more, I almost want to say jarring than like some of the smoother bourbons. So I thought that might be nice with the spiciness of the, uh, of the Grandpa Lundquist. Um, but I thought it was, uh. A little too harsh with it. So, 
I mean, like I said, I thought the cognac, and I don't know if it's because it's like the wine base or what, but I thought it went a lot better with the glog than uh, rum was a close second. And I did do like Kraken and Bacardi Gold. I think Kraken would be better with it. I think the Kraken was better. Oh, and I also did the Hamilton overproof. He was um, really fucking phenomenal with it, but you know, I, I would say die. that there is a, a South American version of eggnog that has been around forever. It's called Coquito. Have you ever heard of that? No. Or Coquito. I don't know how to say it. But basically, it's a dark spice rum and cinnamon sticks and like sweetened condensed milk, which is what they use to make it creamy. And then it's got cream of coconut oh. in it. A little bit of evaporated milk. And then you put the nutmeg and cinnamon on top and shake it up and it's nice and creamy. And that's sort of like the vegetarian or vegan version of this if you don't want to use eggs or if you're concerned about drinking raw eggs. Oh, interesting. And I, I like that there's a vegan option for it. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of basically, cool. I mean, it does, it, well, it's not necessarily totally vegan because it does have like condensed milk, but you could use strictly coconut milk if you wanted to. Hmm. Cool. So there um, is a vegan option. I will say, I'm, and I'm sorry, I did put the raisins and almonds in my drink. So every once in a while, I don't want to just get a, take a sip. I'm getting a mouthful of almonds. <laughs> I also like peeled a clementine and threw it in there too, because I thought it could use a little more citrusy. Yeah. But I okay, apologize so for all the almond chewing. Since I like the rum one the least, I'm going to drink that one first. <laughs> okay, you go for it. I, like I said, I almost made it with the rum. I'll be honest, the rum, both the Bacardi, um, or okay, the Bacardi, the Kraken, and the Hamilton Overproof were all really good. I ultimately landed on the Cognac because I want to get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) because I never just drink Cognac. Um, I don't know, but for some reason, the flavor isn't my happiest flavor, but for some reason it mix, I think it's the wine base. It mixed in really well with this, but the rums, I I do add it to my spaghetti sauce sometimes though. Oh, nice. Maybe if I like, once you burn all the, like get all the garlic and onions and you get those little brown bits on the bottom and you want to deglaze the pan, just dump a little cognac in there. Oh, that makes it so good. I you use the sea con- cognac. Ooh. A little bit. There was like a sale on that at the store one day. Nice. So it occurs to me as much as I like almonds and as much as I've plowed almonds into this glog, it'd be really, really easy for John the Brit to just off me some <laughs> um, holiday season given that cyanide tastes like almonds. True. But they're not, it's not the same texture, so. No, but he could say, oh, honey, I just put almond extract in that for you. Oh, okay, great. I love the flavor of almonds. <laughs> Dead. Yep, that's true. Don't tell him that. So you should go on notice that everybody here listening, we would know. That's right. So if I die suddenly and it looks like natural causes, alert the police to this episode. I would definitely do that. I appreciate it. I appreciate that immensely because reasons. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't though, because I think you're better for him alive than dead. So too. And he likes me and he thinks I'm cute. It's adorable. That's true. He does. He does think that. He's one of the few. We're suited to each other because no one else could put up with each other's shit. So what else do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I had ideas earlier. 
and they are now gone. I'm just fighting with my cat so she doesn't get in this box. Okay, so let's talk about your. You mentioned the cat. We both have new cats. We do. Mine haven't actually arrived yet. They're getting spayed and neutered. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. That's right, Bob Barker. Don't forget to do that. So are yours coming via airmail or? No, um, they're going to be spayed this week. They're going to be, all that's getting taken care of this week. And then we'll go pick them up next weekend. Awesome. How old are your new little cans? Um, I think they are like 10 weeks and 12 weeks, they think. Aww. The foster mom thinks that that's the age. Cute. So working hard on figuring out names. So what names are in contention? We haven't really gotten that far yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, do you want to hear? We can tell you. I want to hear about your story. So we have kittens who are now probably, how long have we had them? Like close to a month? Yeah, you guys have had them for a while now. Yeah. They were like about eight to 10 weeks old when we got them. So they'd be 10 to 12 weeks old now. Um, so we we named them Grog and Pike. Grog and the wine? Uh, no, believe it or not. Um, we watch Critical Role on YouTube. And uh, it, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons. Um, what? It's dorky. Uh, you got to be kidding me. I know. Who would have known? We're still in the dork forest. So deep in there. Deep, deep, deep in the dark forest. <laughs> so there are two voice actors. They like to say it's by nerdy voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons together. And two of the voice actors are Ashley Johnson, who was Chrissy on Growing Pains back in the day. And Travis, Travis Willingham, they play, they, two of their characters are Grog, who's a giant, I think, orc, and Pike, who's a dwarf cleric. And when we got Grog and Pike, Grog was a giant monster of a kitten, and his little sister Pike was a little itty-bitty thing. And they're still that way. I mean, they were three and a half and five pounds when we got them. They're seven and four and a half pounds now. So they're keeping up with that whole thing. And Pike's always like being all big sistery to Grog, which on Critical Role, they're raised together. And even though Pike's the little one, she's always like mom voicing Grog and all that stuff. It's really adorable. So it just fit. Now, AJ calls them potato and bean. So over time, they've become um, Grog, Travis, potato and Pike, Ashley, Bean. Okay. So, but Grog and Pike. I'm sure are, that's not at all confusing for them. No, but mostly they Grog and Pike. Why does he call them potato and bean? Because he thinks that's cute and it's more conducive to their size and equates them to food. And he's very literal. Oh, okay. You've met my boy. He's very literal. No, I've totally met him. I mean, I get that. I get that he's literal. It's like it's like the morning he woke up and I said, how'd you sleep last night? And he stared at me like I was an idiot and said, in a bed. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. Love you, too. <laughs> so, work. Anyway, so take inspiration from us. Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
In other news, let's talk about fun stuff. Okay, let's... Hold on, let's, let's come back to this. Hold on. Okay. So our other animals, we have had sort of themes, kind of. Um, our cats were named after uh, writers. Mm. Always, up until now. Um and then the last two cats that we have, Solo and Mab, of course, Solo, after Han Solo. And Mab is a Shakespearean character, the queen of the fairies. So, um, I mean, I think she was actually like some sort of mythology character, but definitely a Shakespearean character. So, you know, still literary. Um, and I guess technically Solo would be literary because they wrote the script first and then it was a movie. There you go. So, you know, it's still in that same vein. And then our dogs have always been um, based on characters up until the most recent dog that Millie named Sailor because he was, um, she wanted to name him in honor of T who served in the Navy. So, oh, which is so cute. So if you do characters, literary, but there's also somewhat of a Star Wars theme there, maybe Mandalorian characters. We've we've thought a little bit about that. We could talk about, you know, Mando. Mando and Kara. Yeah, something like that. Um, Depending on the sex, I'm being, or what's, you know, well, I'm being. It's a boy and a girl. Okay, there you go. So, you know, there's options there. You know, we talked about some, like, some Lord of the Rings stuff. We talked about... Uh, we had a little bit of conversation about, um, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, you uh-huh. know, hitting our nerddoms. We've got our own nerd things, too. Um, T's actually very into Mission Impossible right now, the original. Oh. So, you know, we may go there. But we'll definitely have to have something that appeals to us and seems to fit their personalities. Mando and Fennec. I think that's where you go. So if she, if the girl kitten acts like a little baller who's going to take Mando's head off at any moment, then it's got to be Mando and Fennec. Well, one of them could be Quill. That's true. You know, then you just got to figure out. Spoken. <laughs> <laughs> then you just got to figure out between Nebula and Gamora. Anyway. Well, wasn't that Nick Nolte's character in, in Mandalorian, Quill? Oh. Like I, the I have spoken guy? I thought you were... <laughs> I thought you were going back to um, Guardians of the Galaxy there. My apologies. Yeah, his name was Quill. Okay. Sorry. I got really confused. Who's shocked? It's the Let's gr- be real. Log. Uh, Wait, grog is your cat, glog is your drink. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like, get a real. I'm not going to drink my cat anytime soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, so anyway. You know, we'll, fun, we'll figure out something really good. Be happy to have some listener suggestions sent in. That would be amazing. We've got a week before we have to, like, come up with something. So. Aw, cool. You see, I didn't recommend uh, spaying and neutering um, grog and pike yet. But that's coming up on the horizon. Well, they said 10 to 12 weeks, and they're both going to be 10 weeks. They're uh, both at 10 now. And I think 
um, the girl is over 10. Like, like, I think the little boy is 10 and the other one's like 12. Mm. Maybe it's because they aren't as sure about the age of ours. Yeah. Since they're strays and yeah, we're guessing. So, but yeah. So anyway, cute kitty portion of the yeah. show. Yeah. So maybe we hit a little bit now the elephant in the room. Holidays in the age of COVID. Oh, yeah. It's definitely different. We had planned to go spend time with my mom and and sister and the rest of my family, but they live in Kansas, and that is one of the high hot spots right now. It's one of the top three places in the country. Yeah. I, I can't remember which, um, what I was reading the other day, but I saw something about I, – I lived in Iowa for a while, and it said, Iowa – it can show what went wrong the rest of the country. And I'm like, oh, that's really comforting, isn't it? So, so, but there are other ways to adjust. I mean, Zoom meetings. Add that's lots what of, we're going to do. We're actually going to FaceTime on Christmas morning and, and uh, have our conversation while people are opening presents. So there you go. Add extra alcohol to your Christmas drinks. You're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. Nina is flying in for the holidays, and we're going to quarantine her for 10 days since CDC recommends 10 days for quarantine now, and then unleash her upon the unsuspecting public after that. So, it's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely affected Christmas shopping and all that stuff, too. So, I'm really floundering now. I apologize. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything to talk about, man. Maybe this is just a short episode. Maybe it is just a short episode, and that's okay. If so. it is, it's going to be like 90% you spilling out information about Glog. <laughs> you know what? That's okay. It's just emblematic of 2020. That's where we are. We're all fumbling through, aren't we? So, since I know Jean the Brit does not listen... I don't, I don't know about your family, but I feel like we're somewhat safe in thinking about what yeah. Christmas presents we're getting for people. It's been hard this year because, of course, money's tight because T hasn't been working as much as usual since since his clients have kind of fallen off the radar. Um, but for him and Millie both. They were both devastated when Eddie Van Halen died, so I got them some Van Halen merch. Um, Aww. I got them. Um, there was this really big sale. I'm like, I got a bunch, of, like a bunch of completely unrelated shit. There was a really big sale at Cole Haan, and a few years back, there was this one pair of shoes that T loved, but was just like, I just can't pay three hundred dollars for a pair of shoes. Well, this last week they were on sale for like seventy bucks, so I got them. <laughs> nice yeah so he's getting those and at the same time i noticed that there was this kind of cool pair that i thought millie might like so i got her a pair of shoes for like 30 dollars um nice i got them you know miscellaneous stuff i don't think i have any like real slam dunks this year well i don't think anything's a slam dunk this year except wow could it be any fucking weirder so he did buy himself. Like, there was this 
print that somebody had made that he really, really wanted, and he bought the print, but he wanted to get it framed. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me figure that out. So instead of getting it framed, I'm going to frame it for him. Aw, there you go. Well, I mean, I'm kind of trained to do that. <laughs> I've been trained to do that since I was like nine. So. <laughs> yeah, the joys of having a lot of artists in your family. Yeah. Aww. I can mount and frame like a banshee. <laughs> <laughs> do they do banshees do a lot of art and framing? They they can. They can't. That's good to know. Darby O'Gill and the little people really oh, yeah. let me down in figuring that out. Well, I mean, they didn't really talk a lot about framing. Damn you, Connery. Anyway, um, let me down. Well, he knows now. He knows now. There's that. What about you? Do you have anything that you feel like, oh, my God, this is a solid win? Um, well, the the thing I have, the things I have that were solid wins, um, the biggest thing I had that was a solid win, I've already given to Jean the Brit, and that's that weird-ass book from 1893, Errors oh, Chains. Yeah, yeah. Which, after we started digging through it more and more, we're both a little bit appalled because it's actually super racist. We're <laughs> like, we're like, oh, shit. I guess it was 1893, but oh, shit. I mean, it's... yeah. It's an interesting snapshot in time. Let me just put it that way. But it is interesting looking at all the, what it calls the superstitions and everything of the time frame. So he already has that and he's been going through it. And we like tracked down the original owner from Iowa and all kinds of stuff, which is kind of cool. cool. We found him in a genealogical record because he died years ago without issue, as we say in legal terms. Speaking of books, I actually... I think I do have a slam dunk. Oh, do you? Yes. There was a book that Rexy mentioned one time, like last spring, that she has always wanted her entire life. And I got that. And I may have mentioned this in a prior episode, but I feel like that's going to be a slam dunk. Mm. But that's about the best I got. Well, cool. Go you. So now I did get John the Brit a few more books. Good. Because he's from a really weird-ass little obscure, not totally obscure, because it comes up in really random scenarios, I've discovered. But this little town northwest of London called Leighton Buzzard. Uh-huh. I searched for it on Amazon, and I found three, actually four books. <laughs> and one of them I already gave to him early because I suck at um, the hiding game. And I'm I like... Just- I got you something cool. Here it is. Oh, shit. Now I got to get you a new present. So he already has the secrets of Q Central, how Leighton Buzzard shortened the Second World War. Okay. And then I found the early history of Leighton Buzzard and its neighborhood, part one. <laughs> I can't find part two or any subsequent parts, but I found that. Um, Tales Terrible and Mysterious by Leighton Buzzard Writers and Leighton Buzzard and 50 50 Buildings, which is a picture book. So I hope he really likes his hometown because he's getting a shit ton of books about it. He's getting all the Leighton Buzzard stuff there is. All of it. Damn it. And what's really weird, we went to, there's a little British food shop in St. Charles, Missouri, which is another suburb of St. Louis. And we were there one day. And it's actually owned by a British couple. And we were shopping around. And all of a sudden, we heard someone else in there going, oh, I'm from England, too. Where are you from? And we heard the kid go, 
Leighton Buzzard. And John the Brit was like, his antenna went up and he spun around. He's like, I'm from Leighton Buzzard. And what are the odds that two fucking people from Leighton Buzzard would be in St. Charles, Missouri in a British food shop at the same time? That's pretty small. Yeah. And yet there they were. And I was like, let's buy a fucking lottery ticket. We didn't win, but I still felt like we needed to. Yeah, I would have. Other than that, I'm crocheting shit for everybody. Good for you. Both my kids are going to have beanies that look like brains. Good. When that's I'm done. Important. That's important. I'm kind of proud. Um, oh, I might win my mom. Oh, but it's also going to make her cry and it's going to like ruin her life for a couple weeks. Oh no. So it gives in both directions. It does. Um, when my dad was alive and able to be a person, um, he used to love to draw and he would draw these sort of caricatures of people. And every year for Christmas, he would draw a beautiful picture of my mother in this sort of glamorous pose and whatever. And it would be have like a little poem or something with it that he would put on her Christmas package. You know, she, if he got her a nightgown, it would be her in some fluffy nightgown. And it would be like this beautiful glamour shot of her with like long eyelashes and beautiful lips and all this stuff. Your dad was adorable. He really was. Oh, my and gosh. he unbeknownst to us took all the things off the packages at the end of Christmas every year and saved them and attached them to this one long piece of paper. And in his handwriting, it was said, this is 17 years of pictures from dad to mom. I mean, it said their names, but from dad to mom and it was in his handwriting and it was on this long roll and it was wrapped in a place, plastic bag and it said, handle carefully. Aww. So I opened it up and it really is all of these pictures and some are in color and some are black and white and some are shaded. And there's one from when he was in a play and he was in um, Once Upon a Mattress. And <gasps> Who he was played, in? He was the wizard. Oh my gosh, awesome. And it has a picture of her and it says, only a true princess can open this. And it was like a really nice nightgown or something like that, like a flannel nightgown for her. And so it has all of, you know, all of this together. And so I'm going to wrap it very carefully, this long piece of paper, roll it up and wrap it very carefully and send that to her. And she's having Christmas at my sister's house. So I'm going to send it to my sister's house so she doesn't have to open it by herself. And I told my sister what it was. And I said, so make her open this last because otherwise she's just going to be a mess. Hmm. And, you know, maybe open it right before she goes back home or something like that. Or take her into the other room or something because she's going to be a wreck after she opens it. Oh, that is so sweet. How love and how cool that your dad did that. No wonder you're so thoughtful with your gifts because he was always amazing with gifts. Oh, that is so lovely. Yeah, I really cool. Oh, well, I've I still got that. some of the pictures he drew of me, too. Oh, I want to see them when I come visit. Okay, I think that kind of takes us to 
where we can start to close this up because it just mm-hmm. emphasizes that while holiday drinks are good, I mean, it's actually good that you can drink at the holidays. <laughs> See what I did there? I did. It was very clever. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that especially this year, I couldn't get through it without some of Mother's little helper. Oh, amen. Amen, sister. Yeah. And as always, the topic for tonight and the recipe for at least Gina's drink will be posted on our website because we all know all I did is just dump some booze in a can of eggnog. So, Well, at the end of the day, I dumped some booze and some Grandpa Lundquist's There you go. <laughs> Website's alwaysneverwrite.com and that'll be up there like whenever I get to it. <laughs> but I've got Christmas <laughs> shopping to do and all that stuff. Um, as always, let us know if, there, if there's something you'd like to hear us about. We have a contact us page for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and 12 days till Christmas, y'all. Better stock up because liquor stores are closed that day. Oh, damn straight. And so thank you for joining us for the 12 Tide episode of Always. Never. Right. I'm Jill. And I'm Gina, the goddess who won the Infected Whitehead Challenge. And thank you so much for me. <laughs> Sorry, her face is precious right then. Thank you so much for making us part of your week. And we'll talk more next week, medals. And thank you for joining us on the Podfix Network. <laughs> <laughs> Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.